Hi, Tim Kask here. Faced with a TPK and have no idea what to do? Well, you might have had you listened to Save or Die. Everybody, it's Saber Die 123, which I foolishly suggested would be before North Texas. And Fate, of course, showed me what for. With me, with you, is that. Crap, can we redo that? <laughs> sure. That totally with, with me is crap. Well, I'm going to not take that personally. <laughs> I'm going to choose not to take that personally, but you, <laughs> may, be, few- you, you may be right, but. <laughs> More for the future blooper reel. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) All right. Hello, everyone. It's Save or Die, episode 123. The show that was supposed to be just before North Texas, but shows what I know. As ever, it's DM Mike, the second best-dressed Victorian man at North Texas RPG Con. And joining me is the best... Victorian dressed lady at North Texas RPG Con, DM Liz. Hello. And the guy who was cosplaying an overworked game designer. <laughs> when, when you said that, I, I forgot about Corbett and Lieutenant Victory for a second. I'm like, is he is, <laughs> is he calling Liz a man? What? What? <laughs> no, no. I'm a man, baby. He's a man, baby. <laughs> no, no. And after 23 years of marriage, I only just figured it out. <laughs> nah, nah. I'm, Corbett's outfit was better than mine. So I don't know. I mean, you were both pretty dapper. <laughs> yeah, but he's got the whole mustache thing going. I can't really compete with that. So you just need to put a fake mustache on. And there is one in the back of the module we was uh, we were selling at the con. Mm-hmm. I should just cut one of those out. Do you ever do this? Do you ever like completely be in a conversation with somebody at con and you're paying absolutely no attention? whatsoever to what they're saying because you're focused on other stuff the entire time corbett was talking to me in costume i was just trying to figure out how he made those armbands i couldn't tell you a word he said (laughs) sorry what were you saying i was thinking of something else well maybe if corbett is listening he will share with us the secret of the lieutenant victory armbands indeed the sacred bands of gilgamesh (laughs) that were like some captain marvel armbands they're pretty good Oh, when I when he had me design Lieutenant Victory, who will be in the rule, victorious Rule Britannia supplement. Sorry for the brief di- digression, everyone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he specifically said that it was the Sacred Bands of Gilgamesh, so I had to write him up. So anyway, anyway. here we are, our North Texas RPG overview show. But 
first. Get down, get down. Get down, get down. The Save or Die email hot tub time machine. Come here, you scrumptious little beauty. Here I go once again with the email. Every week I hope that it's from a female. Oh, man. Yes? Do we have emails? Oddly enough, yes. Ta-da! Cool. Okay. Well. Continue to try to keep ahead of the floods. (laughs) See, just then, I I know we have emails because I have them up on my screen, but I got so swept up in what you were saying in the vocal performance. I'm like, oh my God, do we have emails? (gasps) (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) Ta-da! We're all recovering from North Texas, guys. So, how hard? <laughs> little, yeah. little punchy. I got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, our first email is from JV West. Oh, man! And he says, "Greetings, sod masters." Well, I must have rolled a nat twenty on my saving throw because I escaped your top five review of my module, Winds of the Ice Forest, without much hit point damage. Whew! I'm honored to have created something suitable for discussion, and the shocking dragon score was definitely a surprise there at the end. Wahaha! I'm glad Mike enjoyed the module, and I do hope he gets a chance to run it. I can say that running it at a bookstore with mostly strangers was pretty easy. Oh, and the PCs experienced a party wipe. <laughs> That's what made it so easy. <laughs> They're all dead, yeah. It was a combination of stubbornly pushing through the trees and also the cavern of despair that got them. Mostly the despair. They really wanted that magic sword. And I'm not a vicious DM. They brought it upon themselves. I didn't even have to invoke the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Dwarf with taco alignment. (laughs) By the way, I was laughing out loud when you were discussing that guy's lair. (laughs) Seriously, it was Hannibal Lecter time in there. It was, wow. The use of bubbles for hit points is something I've done at my table for many years, and I have a hard time running games without them. Regarding typos... I don't blame Andy Zedit since I merely asked him to give it the once-over if memory serves. He's a keen fellow who has published several Labyrinth Lord adventures for Owlcon way out there in Texas land. Igloos rock! Expect many more ice houses in future modules. And gnomes! Lots of gnomes! <laughs> as long as they're frozen, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Thanks for saving, and thanks for 121 episodes of a great show. J.V. West. Yeah, 122 sucked, but, you know. (laughs) J.V. is my my dude. Cool guy. Not just saying that because of the ice forest. Cool. (laughs) What I did there? Cool. Will you ever hear the uh, carrying a message to Garcia saying? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Grind the whole podcast to halt with something that doesn't mean anything. Let's back up. JV saved my ass just this weekend. I gave him like 24 hours to turn around a dungeon map and some illustrations, and he just went, okay, and they were fabulous. That's that's why I like JV. Cool. He's fast and he's good, which he, is hard to find. <laughs> yeah, um, 
Stephen, uh, known on the net as Traveler, has been the editor I've worked with on my Victoria's stuff, and he's been, you know, timing. He he gets things done in a timely manner, and he's comprehensive, which is what you want in an editor. So it's really cool. All righty. Well, next email. Next email is from DM David, and he writes. Hail the masters of the sod and the true monarch of Sodville, Queen Liz. All hail. welcome. Hail. <laughs> hail the Fuhrer. <laughs> After about a year and 121 trips down the Bill Bixby Highway, I am finally caught up from episode number one to present. Holy crap, that's like two a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The body of work you've built over the years is impressive and something to be proud of. The chemistry between you is great now, though it always has been pretty good with the earlier personalities. Jim's editing skills make a great improvement in audio quality and professionalism. See, I am digging th- it immensely. Those are both the same thing, because when we fight, I edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> See, Jim makes us look good. Yeah, Jim does a great job. <laughs> Says my own background is similar to Good Mike's. I started with older Wargamers when I was 11 in 1976, and my first box set was the wood grain one with the three little books. I was too young and naive to know that the rules were written poorly, so <laughs> not knowing better, I put my 11-year-old mind to deciphering them with surprising success. I bought the Taco AD&D books as they came out, and incorporated them into our home game to various degrees. There was no distinction for us between D&D and AD&D, other than AD&D was hardcover and thus more expensive. Exactly. The only real canned campaign setting I used was City State of the Invincible Overlord, which was a delight to hear discussed on the show. Double. (sighs) Man, this guy's making my little fuzzy heartbeat. (laughs) I was surprised and encouraged by the OSR movement, hearing about it from you after living under a rock for 30 years. I have flung myself on board the ship after decades of a gameless life. The Save or Die podcast has inspired me to buy the books I had lost, roll up some characters, and even start recreating my campaign world from 30 years ago. There is fun after age 50 after all. God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> It seems to me that old-school gaming is a product of our Generation X. The boomers invented D&D, but we rewrote the rules to make them usable and fun. Ouch! (laughs) It pleases my heart to no end to hear that the debates amongst us 12-year-olds in the 70s over whether magic missiles should hit automatically are still being held by not only those same people who are now in their 40s and 50s, but the younger gamers as well. D&D really has changed the world. Who would have believed it back when we were kids? Best regards and thanks for everything. I shall remain your loyal patron, DM David. Thanks, David. Yeah. Aw, thanks, Dave. Yeah, I have a feeling hundreds of years in the future, there are still going to be people arguing why paladins have to be lawful good or <laughs> why do demi-humans have to have level limits. <laughs> I can't lie. You want to review an OSR product like... DM Jim does uh, a future episode. We're going to do uh, James Bond's new uh, game, The Hero's Journey, and I mean this. This is how Jim reviews it. I 
go to the index, look up magic missile, and then look at the spell. <laughs> and that one, puts... does it have an index to begin with? Yes. Check. And if magic missile automatically hits, okay, there was a dragon right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it, it is weird to to think about. You know, Liz and I have talked about some of our gaming collection that just got worn out from back in the 80s. And it, it never would have occurred to me, gee, I should take care of this because, you know, in 20 years, this is going to be worth a lot of money. Oh, I know. I mean, it's like my crazy. It's an, it's my Holmes box no longer exists. And the booklet has been taped together repeatedly. And <laughs> I mean, I still have the original rules book that was my first game. But, oh, man, it's in bad shape. On the other hand, it's a great table copy. So yeah, that email was totally legit because I for, even I for, I lived through those days and I forget it sometimes that it was all just D and D and we just bought whatever we found. I mean, my version of what you're talking about is a little pamphlet called the Spellcaster's Bible. It's just a little dinky digest size thing I bought in 1979 and I've got my hands on a copy a couple years ago and it was just like, oh, here are all the spells I used to illegally cast that weren't in the, really in the game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's we didn't even it didn't even process that there was the armor class ten or nine. You know, it was just eh, you're unarmored, go with it. So I guess as time marches on, things change. Ah, we used to roll our dice uphill in the snow both ways. <laughs> you had dice, we had chits, and we had to forge those chits out of iron we found, <laughs> and they shattered two out of three times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, talk about fun after 50. I, I fully expect that in another 20 years or so, there's going to be hordes of gamers in assisted living centers and nursing homes who are going to be spending all day gaming. So I sure hope I can find a gaming group if we have to go into a nursing home together. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make one. So, Liz, which wore out first, your home's box or the dice that came in it? Uh, well, I also did not have dice. I had the, the cardboard chits. chits. I think I lost the chits before the box fell apart. She still and has the, the Gamma World dice, though. I do still so have it is the, the multicolors. Yeah, so, I mean, those dice are in great shape because I never used them. So they look <laughs> um, yeah, Well, by the time I bought the Gamma World box set, or rather had bought for me as a gift from my parents but by that time i already had you know dice that i had gotten separately elsewhere and so i preferred those dice rather than the ones that came with the box so they just stayed there um but yeah um i had the chits and i remember i lost some of them i had to replace them which was tough because you could immediately tell by the type of cardboard and everything. It's like, well, yeah. obviously, this is one of the missing ones. But, so it's uh, got to be between 10 and 12 or something. Yeah, something like that. But, yeah, it was it was tough keeping track of those little tiny <laughs> cardboard chits. You could so. see you with your hand in the cup, not looking, going, oh, this is not, this is going to hurt. <laughs> you got hit. <laughs> Ah. No, I don't want that one. <laughs> Take another one. <laughs> but yeah, so chits went first, then the box, and then the book. But at least I was able to tape the book up. I tried yeah. taping the box up, but after a while, it just got to where the everything just kind of 
Yeah, tape no longer worked at a certain point. Yeah. Okay, well, any more emails? There's one last email. Okay. From Jeremy Friesen. And again, apologies if I've mispronounced your last name, Jeremy. Um, he writes, good morning to my favorite OSR podcast. Thank you. I, I am wondering if you've begun the process of adding Save or Die to Google Play's podcast. As an Android phone user, I have found the new Google Play podcast section to be very useful. Um, he gives us a link to start us off on doing that if we haven't done so. And says, thank you for your continued labor of love. I always appreciate hearing different game perspectives. Jeremy. Well, thank well, you, Jeremy. It's never going to have to be now, but it is on there going to be future now. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> that was the TARDIS perfect sense. <laughs> As we record this, no, but by the time this airs, I'll make sure it happens. Cool. So, thanks for tuning us into that, Jeremy. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I hope that re the recording picked that up. Well, I heard it. <laughs> cool. All right, well, uh, unless we have some announcements, we'll go to a break and then come back and talk about North Texas. Now what do I do? Okay, this is Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Video game cartridge. You have to buy it separately to play on the Intellivision video game system. Mom and Dad have to hook it up to the TV. What next? We're trying to find a crown, but it's real easy to get lost. So don't be surprised if the dragon finds you first. Holy cats, you just killed the dragon. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. Advanced Dungeons & Dragons video game cartridge and Intellivision Master Component from Mattel Electronics, each sold separately. And now, back to Dungeons & Dragons. What are you doing? It's game time. I think I play too much. People say it's weird. We should cut back. That's insane. Game, Mrs. Hudson, is on. Game on! Game on! Game on! And we're back. And as some of you may have heard, there's a convention in Dallas called North Texas RPG Con. We may have mentioned it on the show a time or two. <laughs> yeah, a few times. We were there last week, and it was fun. We actually paced ourselves this time, so we got to talk to people. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. That, that was really nice. Um, I kind of was sad to miss out on some of the games, but on the whole, it was nice to be able to have the opportunity to just sit and, you know, socialize a little bit instead of constantly running and running and running. Well, I'm a maniac, and I'm a constant moving target, and the only place you can be sure of catching me is out front where everybody's smoking. So, But I think we learned something this time. If you guys get a table, you're sitting at the table, and then I can find you and spend time <laughs> with you. There is that, yeah. Everyone knows where we are. Um, well, let's go chronologically. So when did you write, show up? Write another game next year so you'll have another table. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Get on that, will you? Victorian zombies. Yeah. Now. Um, well, let's do this chronologically. So when did you show up, Jim? Um, I flew in Wednesday evening. Did you do anything game-wise or just visit with people? Uh, it 
the thing that kills me about these conventions, especially North Texas Con, what was the attendance this year? Like 350, which is big um, for them, but on the grand scheme of things, very, very small. And there are people there I know this is my chance to see them and spend time with them, and I don't see them or don't get to spend time with them. It blows yeah. my mind every year. Like, like I, bar- I, I barely met Chris Holmes. Got to shake his hand and, and you know, have 10 minutes of conversation, and that was it for me. Yeah. That was I about it for us, too. Yeah, that was about it for us, too. Um, although I do know they're kicking the numbers up to 500 for next year. So, I mean, I got all, I got all of Zach Glazer I could stand in more, but that's because he was my roommate. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. The, the Zach playing, playing the ninja in my Victorious game with the... Oh, he was awesome. With the crotch kick heard round Victorious. Yeah. <laughs> He struck a blow for the suffrage, suffrage movement. movement. Yep. But anyway, so I guess you just talked to people, didn't get any gaming in or anything? No, I mean, I was running something every day, so that was that was the sum total of my convention experience, was just making sure I was running games for other people like I was supposed to. Yeah, oh, okay. it was pretty late on Wednesday when you got in, wasn't it? Because of the flights being... Oh, yeah, right. The The plan was to be there in time to actually do stuff. I rolled in about 1030 that night thanks to uh, air traffic issues. Because of all the, the rain. rain. Yep. <laughs> it was like one of those Gary Gygax memes where it's like, so what do you do? I show up early for my flight, then you show the D20 rolling a one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that flight's canceled. You have to come back to the airport in eight hours and catch another one. In 2D, four hours. Ah, yep. Well, Thursday... We made it there that afternoon. Um, just speaking of rain and everything, we left at two because it's like forty-five minutes from our house to the to the hotel, and we thought, you know, leave at two, get there at three, no problem. Uh, try after four because the rain was so bad that it was difficult to see, you know, turnoffs and everything. Yeah, the rain was really awful. There were two car accidents that we went through on the way down, and that slowed traffic to a crawl as well in several spots. So, since I mean, just Texas everything was just bad getting there. Since I believe it's in the Texas driver's uh, handbook that all drivers are required to spend a minimum of five to ten minutes rubbernecking at any accident. Well, maybe if people had been driving slowly in the rain to begin with, we wouldn't have had those accidents. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, I guess I will say one thing for it. It forced people to drive at a non-crazy speed. But, yeah, there were times, you know, before we hit the slow spots, you know, I was in the right-hand lane, and there were tons of people just whizzing past me, and... I had Rain-X on my windshield, and I still had really poor visibility. And I'm thinking, holy crap, we're going to die. <laughs> see, this is how my convention went the entire time. I called you guys early that morning to see about what time you were going to be there so I could be out front and meet you. I think you said you are going to be there at 3. And yeah. then uh, I get a text from Zach saying, Darlene's having iPad problems. Can you go help her? And that was the end of me being out front at 3 to meet you guys. Well, that's okay. Well, that we weren't thing. there until after four. <laughs> oh, man. But we we managed to get set up at the hotel, found my friend Ben and his brother Jared, uh, both great guys. 
both of them I've known since 1980-81. Ben and I met in middle school. One of those, he, he had just shown up at our school and he had his notebook out and we're all sitting around trying to talk to the new kid and and uh, then he opened his notebook and there was a Holmes Basic book in it and like all the the popular kids who were hanging out talking to him just kind of went and backed off and so I went, hey dude, you play D&D! <laughs> so, so you guys met at like North Texas RPG Con minus 30? Basically, yeah. And uh, so we hung out with them. Then they went to the bar while Liz and I went to play a game of Superhero 2044 with uh, Steve, Steve Parent, which was a lot of fun. It was fun. I had never played Superhero 2044 before. <laughs> Say that five times fast. How alliterative. Um, but yeah, so I was... I really was not sure what to expect with the rule system, and it was surprisingly fun. I mean, it was a bit crunchy in places, but you know, playing champions can be a lot crunchier. So yeah, and it's got a a different paradigm. Rather than rolling to hit against a set defense, you are rolling to defend against a set attack. So you're never rolling to attack; you're just rolling to try to absorb damage. Hmm. So it's kind of different. I'd never, never run a game like that before. Massive superhero damage. Yeah, <laughs> and then Ben and Cher had showed up highly inebriated and joined in the game, which made it a lot more fun. Yeah, at one point I looked over at Steve Perrin and said, we aren't the heroes Iceland needs, but we're <laughs> the heroes Iceland deserves. <laughs> yeah, we were the Iceland's hero group in the year oh 2044. Uh, Corbett Kirkley was there too, along with Dave Outland, the Gagmen podcast guys. And they were helping with the hilarity. Yeah, uh, I think um, Tyler Davis was also in that game too. Yep. So all three of them were in there with us. Yeah, the guy who did the art for, does most of the art for the Gagmen modules and such. Including A World Gone Mad, which we were selling prints of at the, at the con as a North Tex Texas RPG limited edition. Well, we got out of there at like one. Oh gosh, yeah, super late. And then uh, Friday morning, we were going to be in Merle Rasmussen's uh, espionage game. Oh, we so wanted to be in that, but we woke up uh, Friday morning like, eh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Merle, catch you next year. It's one of the distinctions. People are constantly asking me, you know, what's the difference between GaryCon and North Texas RPGCon? And one of the differences, uh, you can agree or disagree, but I'm right, so you may as well agree, um, <laughs> is, <laughs> is that at, at, at both conventions, there's a lot, there's an opportunity. If you've never gone to either one and you're considering going, there's a huge opportunity to go and play games being run by the guys who wrote them back in the day, right? Like playing with mm -hmm. Steve Perrin and Jim Ward and those guys. But at North Texas Con, for whatever reason, maybe because it's smaller, you can be at a table where uh, Errol Otis or uh, Jeff D are playing in the group with you. Yeah, like, play, play, actually play with the guys when they're not running a game. I they don't for whatever reason that only seems to happen in Texas. Huh? Maybe it's because Gary Con's so much bigger that they have they don't have the spare time. <laughs> they're all busy running their games, you know. Well, North Texas RPG Con is definitely a more intimate affair. 
Yeah. Um, like I said, three. They usually cap at three fifty, but they've decided next year to cap at five hundred. So it'll get bigger, but it's still you know small compared to most other cons. Uh, let's see. What did we do Friday after that? Um, uh, got ready for you running your victorious game that evening. Yeah. Um, you were going over some notes. Um, I made sure that all of the pre-gen character sheets were printed up and ready to go. And yeah, it was, was kind of nifty because this is the first time I ran a victorious adventure that I didn't write. Um, I ran a section of the module that Chase Slayton and I, my 2E DM, are jointly writing. I'm writing the World's Fair part. He's, running, he's writing the Murder Castle part. So we were just running the Articulator and the Murder Castle. And that was weird. So I actually had to bone up on the notes and everything, which is rather unusual for me. <laughs> but yeah, we were doing that. We had also purchased a small handheld camcorder um, just for, you know, recording the victorious game sessions, etc. Um, and so I was trying to do a little bit of experimentation with the camcorder and make sure I more or less knew how to work the basic functions before the game session that evening. So that was mostly what we did that afternoon prior to Mike's running the game. And you and got the uh, Chris Holmes panel discussion, which hopefully yeah. we're Saturday gonna, morning, yeah. We're going to rele yeah, got... release as an episode. Yeah, yeah, I got most of it. Um, after recording the Victoria's session Friday night, um, we were so tired when we got back in and did not want to fool with trying to, you know, get it off of the memory card and onto Mike's laptop and so we just left it and it turned out there wasn't an awful lot of memory left on the card for Saturday morning so yeah. I didn't actually start recording until after Chris Holmes had finished doing his reading of um, one of the stories in Maze, Maze Apparel yeah. um, one of the Boyer Zerith stories I mean, he didn't read the whole story, but I think he read like yeah, a page or two. Yeah, just a section. Yeah. But yeah, so I did not get everyone introducing themselves, and I did not get the reading from one of the stories. But yeah. everything after that I did get, and according to the camcorder, I had maybe, you know, eight minutes left of recording time left on the memory card when I shut it down. It's like, whoo, that was close. <laughs> I will say... Um, uh, kudos to the guys who were part of the victorious game that night, including uh, Zach Glazar of Lesser Known Games, Robin, um, Jonathan Perkle, and other fellows who I have a list somewhere, but they were all great. Um, Zach was playing a female Japanese ninja type person, and at one point... So typecasting uh, the, is what you're telling me. He just, yeah, exactly. he just basically exactly. Play, played himself. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I could sense the femininity coming from him across the table. It was really impressive. 
Um, but then he he ended up giving the supervillain a super kick to the groin because he had frozen used his powers to freeze her as a statue for a little while, and she was a bit annoyed. As Zach described it, it was, I'm giving him, my eyes can still move, right? Yeah. Well, I'm giving him the look my wife gives me whenever I come home buying new gaming stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So she comes up and kicks him. The problem is he was already in the hands of of one of the, the muscular guys, Sandow, and he had been frozen when she he kicked when the ninja kicked him in the in the store. Uh, it hurt the articulator so much that he unfroze Sandow. So Sandow had been in the middle of getting ready to throw him up through a skylight. So basically, she kicked him. He goes right up through the skylight and lands out on the street in a in a pile of street pizza, which at that point kind of ground the game to a halt but it was funny it, it, it takes place in the 1890s so so technically it was just street pie right there wasn't pizza yeah, <laughs> yeah. well and it was on cobblestones so you know it's just kind of more street. of a lasagna effect. so a street cobbler street waffle oh <laughs> ah, you got it <laughs> so anyway that was fun well, as you know, Zach and I were roommates, and by the way, best roommate ever. Likes to keep the thermostat at 66 degrees. That's my kind of roommate. Um, <laughs> but uh, thanks to Zach being a sort of, uh, I don't know if he was official or unofficial, but somehow he's hes like a volunteer at North Texas Con. I got uh, more of an inside look to the behind the curtains of how the cons run. And I mean, I was already impressed with how Doug Ray and Mike Battelotto run this con, but now that I see how it works from a little bit from behind, oh my God, they work hard. Yeah, I mean, there's, when when it goes off like a switch Swiss watch, there's a reason, and it wasn't even under the best circumstances this year because like Doug's basement had flooded the day before the con started and crazy stuff like that. Yeah, I, I it's seriously, I mean, these guys are doing it for the love of gaming because they're certainly not making money off this. Yeah, they're lucky and to break even. As soon as the con is over. They, the very next day, practically, they're starting to make plans for next year's. You know, it's, they don't get to stop working on it. (laughs) Plus, this was the first year I managed to stay up for Satan's Midnight Auction. And that's a whole, I mean, that's a whole Saturday Night Live skit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. In and of itself. Although, I will say, now that it's gotten bigger, it's hard to get the really funny items. Because... You know, you got people like Bill Webb there <laughs> throwing hundreds of dollars at the stuff. And it's like, well, crap. Who's, we who's, did get some good things. Whose boxer shorts got auctioned that had Ken Whitman's uh, face iron transferred on the rear end? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I remember there was, some, there was some stuff that was supposedly part of um, Michael Curtis's... Um, box that he left behind and i can't remember if it was you guys whoever was sitting next to me as soon as that went up for sale at the auction somebody looked over at me and goes did you do that and i'm like oh no that wasn't me (laughs) (laughs) i know i asked you if you did something yeah and i don't remember if it was the ken whitman one or there was another one that had um somebody's face on a certain portion of a pair of boxer shorts as well but 
Anyway, yeah, there's yeah. all sorts of shenanigans that go on at the midnight auction, and people let their hair down, and it's it's just a real hoot. People yeah. pe- people so, pulling off red spandex and tutus who have no business pulling off red spandex and tutus. <laughs> tutus, that's right. Hey, Jason Brown rocked that outfit. If you weren't there to see it, you missed out. He certainly did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Saturday after the Chris Holmes seminar with... Uh, Xenopus and what Alan Grow or Growy, that found out is the correct pronunciation. Um, Liz and I got into a classic traveler game, Little Brown Book, which was pretty fun. Black Book, rather. Or sorry, Little Black Book. Yeah, <laughs> wrong classic game. Uh, he was even running it as 1977 science fiction. So, like, we're breaking into a computer base and we're having to, like, steal the big spools of t- data tape. That's awesome. <laughs> so, it was cool. And at the end, we each got a coin that was minted as 25 Imperial credits for the, the third Imperium of the Traveler universe. I don't know where the heck he got them from, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. But that was our only gaming on Saturday. Uh, we were clear up. Uh, Chase ran the second Victorious game Saturday night. Um, I'd meant to go over there and just poke my head in and see how he was doing, but um, we got pinned at the table by everyone. So, never quite happened. Including Vince, who finally, I guess, got tired of us not coming to the room so he and came to us. The mountain came to Muhammad, as it were, and, you know, sorry, <laughs> we can't get away from our table. Yeah, Vince was there doing interviews for our, our sister podcast, Roll for Initiative, and if you yeah. listen to Roll for Initiative, it's often not clear that Vince has a background in radio and actually does know what he's doing and how to conduct an interview, but he was kicking ass at the con. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he didn't have to, like, you know, be traffic cop for other co-hosts. <laughs> but, uh... That was Saturday night, the midnight auction. We managed to get a DVD of Mazes and Monsters. Woohoo! Yeah, Tom Hanks, <laughs> as you've never seen him before. And hopefully never will or again. Will again. Um, this is a hard bitter, man. Because I, I, you did that at least three times that I saw where you decided you wanted something and you didn't care. You were getting it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was that. There was this awful little board ga- uh, game from 1990 called Dungeon Escape with really cheesy art and styles on it. Then we got it home and opened it up. It's literally Pac-Man. It's the exact same maze. Instead of PowerPoints, you go and pick up magic items, and there are four guards that come out of the central keep and come after you, and if you get one of the power, po- uh, sorry, magic items, you can destroy <laughs> one of them. And it's like, wow, this is awful. I'm glad we got it. <laughs> yeah. And the game board is put together. They're giant jigsaw puzzle pieces. So you have to put the board together. It's like, wow, it's part of the game. And the fun is putting together <laughs> the board. And then you get to play. And we were looking around. It's like, oh, man, there were no rules with this game. It's like, oh, hang on. The back of the box. Those are the rules. There are no other rules. Just the back of the box. 
Well, just remember, there's no old 70s board game so old and so broken that you can't buy it at the auction, and Mike Curtis will run it as an RPG the following year. <laughs> Except Rapture's Voyage. Well, he, he's, he said he's going to do it next year. Okay. I'm going yeah. to keep We're watching you, him. Mike. So, yeah, we got that, and I got one of Jeff D's print redrawings when he redid all his art from the deities and demigods. I got a color one. Uh, it was the picture of Bast. Bast. Oh my God! When I and, was nineteen, I don't. You don't want to know what I did with that drawing. And his um, his wife did the coloration on it. Oh yeah, well that was my two all two my favorites from Deities and Demigods was Bast and Aphrodite, with a honorary mention to Leviathan. So you say you got it, but here's what happened. It went up for auction, and Liz is like, hand. And a bunch of people trying out bitter, and Liz is like, hand. Liz was getting that. Oh, yeah, Thanks. I told her my top was like 60 bucks, I thought. Yeah, my, I Mike like, whispered going. how much he was willing to go for. So I just kept my hand up there and hoped that we would go past. Well, so. I mean, you should play poker because you had the whole face persona bidding thing going. I'm sitting next to you going, well, somebody hit the lottery, you know, right before this convention. Because you were like, I mean business, I'm getting it. No need for you to bid. <laughs> well, yeah, and the idea of a blind guy getting it. He's like, what is a blind guy doing with this thing? It's nostalgia. <laughs> and who knows? 20 years from now, they may do something and I can actually look at it. You never know. Yeah, and we... We're pretty frugal in the dealer room this time around. Um, bought a couple of modules from Pace Setter Games, and that was really all that we bought. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I got a, got a paperback book from Bad Mike's Table. Yeah, uh, one of the, the Martian books. One of the Barsoom books, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was really all that we spent apart from that. So we, we, we did have extra for the auction rather than spending it all on the dealer room beforehand. Yeah, the silent auction wasn't as didn't have anything that really grabbed me this year, which is probably a good thing. Well, the stuff goes for such outrageous amounts now. I mean, this year we had something that went for $5,000. I heard that. And what was it? Like, I don't even remember what the item was anymore. All I remember is $5,000. <laughs> which does remind me, there was an item on the uh, silent auction, a couple of issues of alarms and excursions from the Ooh. 1990s. Oh, 90s. That's not as Yeah, exciting. well, I, yeah, that's kind of the way I thought. It's like, it's not my preferred area, but at least it's second edition D&D. And, you know, what the hell? So I, Liz was going to put in a bid for me, and then Zach bid on it. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not getting into that. I can't outbid <laughs> yeah. Zach. He can just have it. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> So, so that was yeah. I think Zach's opening bid was for more money than Mike had wanted to spend on them in the first place, yeah, too. It so it's like, no, nope, yeah, never no, mind. No. <laughs> I don't want him that bad. Zach <laughs> Deep Pockets wins. He was being, I mean, he's always a nice guy, but he was being like extra nice. He was on his really good behavior. And about halfway through the con, I found out why. Because Jen was sitting on those live video feeds and tracking him. Like, you're not at the booth. You should be at the Frog Gods booth. <laughs> Although, speaking of nice things, I do have to mention this. While we were at our tables, I think it was Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Bob Bledsaw Jr. came by our table. We interviewed him on the show a while back. And he gave me 
a Judges Guild keychain with a built-in pin. Apparently, it was sent out in 1980 to distributors only, and it was the last one he had. And and I was just floored. And, and when asked, Bill Webb said, might be the last one in existence. Yeah. And he's like, you going to sell that? No, I'm not going to sell it. Well, if you do, let me know. <laughs> he's like, no, mine. <laughs> My precious. <laughs> My precious forever. But I was like, dude, I can't take this. They're like, no, no, you do it. Take it, Dave. Oh, okay. I'm going to go put it in my safe. <laughs> wow. But that was just, but that was just awesome. awesome. I, I was so floored that he would give me something that rare. He's like the nicest guy in gaming. I mean, as you know, he dug up another piece of my 1981 pen and ink chicken scratch art that I sent his dad to be published and gave it to me. And, and you know... I struggle with situations like that because I'm a man and I'm not going to cry in front of 350 other people, but I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, and it just, he'll do that, and that's awesome. So we need to have him back on the show sometime and talk more Judges Guild. Get more free stuff. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible. Uh, of course, it, I'm sure it didn't hurt. I was walking around the con with my Judges Guild jacket on. Hey. You were a walking billboard for Judges Guild. Right. Judges Guild is awesome. So it was, wow. I, I just had to mention that because that was super awesome. And then Sunday, we were going to actually play classic D&D with uh, Zeb Cook, but Ben and Jared got lost apparently when they were in the, the, the workout room there at the hotel and couldn't find the table. By the time we found them and they showered and everything, it was like, well, crap, it's too late now. They got lost in the workout room because that's really rolling a one. <laughs> I don't know what they did. Yeah, but... Ben. Ben's very good at getting lost places. I. Um, we well, see. Ben went out and just jogged around the, a couple of blocks outside, and you know, Sunday was a bit on the warm side. So while well, was Jared worked out in the weight room, and then he came back and did some weight room stuff, and. Ben's a great guy, but, you know, he has done sit-ups in the middle of my running a D&D game. I was going to say, there, there are not a lot of people that arrive at a tabletop gaming convention with the thought, I will now engage in exercise in the exercise room. Yeah, well, that's, that's Ben. I mean, I'll, I'll, he stayed for us, with us three days after the con, and every morning he was up jogging around the neighborhood. It's like, dude... We're gonna tie you to a chair and force feed you, you know, munchkin donut holes or something. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you just bug me. <laughs> munchkin donut holes. Come on, you can do better than that. Cheetos and Mountain Dew, man. Woohoo! <laughs> Mountain Dew flavored Cheetos. They they sell those in Japan. That's a real thing. They do. I Seriously? swear on a stack of Bibles. I, I swear on a stack of Texas Bibles. I, I have seen so many weird food items come out of Japan. I fully I'd believe... Mountain, yeah, I'd give Mountain Dew Cheetos a try. I wouldn't. <laughs> well, I'll try anything once, but I mean, come on. Two great tastes that go great together. No. Well, you see, I used to feel that way about uh, ham and pineapple pizza until Ben made me have some of, have a slice while we were in Tucson. And it was like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> so... Liz is just curmudgeonly about her her taste buds. Bah. 
Bah! Wow! <laughs> How often does Liz get to bah? Mrs. Stewart just bawed. <laughs> bah! <laughs> You're all wrong! I'm so glad I record the pre-show warm-up because you dropped you drop the B-bomb in the middle of that. And people, I tell people when we game together, Liz has got a mouth on her as bad as mine and nobody ever believes Nobody me. ever believes it. I don't know what you're talking about. Sweet <laughs> little Liz, she couldn't ever say a wordy dirt. Like, yeah, no, you don't know. So anyway, on the other hand, I guess she 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 hides it so that when she does use it, it has more effect, I suppose. Like uh, exploding dice damage. Yeah, or something like that. But anyway, so we missed the game. We just kind of futzed around and then left Sunday afternoon dragging, you know, taking Ben with us to the house for a few days before he flew back out to Rochester, New York. And that was a con for us, pretty much. And so what did you do, Jim? Just ran games? Oh, this was... This was an... I mean, I love North Texas Con every... RPG Con every year I go, but this was an extra good one for me because uh we're on the run-up to mutant crawl classics kickstarter getting ready to happen any day now soon soon that's all i'm allowed to say (laughs) mega soon 20 times a day at the convention soon no really soon (laughs) so but but the joy for me is in actually you know like all of us running a table full of people and and seeing them enjoy enjoy that so i you know i ran uh some dungeon crawl classics and some mutant crawl classics and uh this year was my year to get to know Darlene, which was just uh, a absolute pleasure. She had, awesome you know, lady. She had some iPad problems, and uh, I helped her in the sense uh, IT help super secret is just use Google. So you know, I looked up what was wrong with her iPad, <laughs> and just got hey, to whatever sp- works. And you know, that bought me some time just sitting at the table, hanging out, and talking art stuff, and. Uh, See if this makes any sense. I, you know, I'm as hardcore gamer as anybody, and it's the whole reason to go there. It's like to get to hang with you guys and game, 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 game. But there's a point where I need to talk to a real human being about something besides gaming. Like sometimes Mike Curtis and I will go do that. We're, you know, take a break from the nonstop 24/7 gaming. And Darlene and I got to talk like that, so it was nice. That's cool. When we could keep Tim Cask away from just like crashing in, in the middle of everything. <laughs> <laughs> Worst wingman ever. <laughs> oh, well. well you were eyewitnesses we were all sitting at the booth and, and Darlene and I just started to talk started a conversation about uh, owning cats and tarot cards right nothing to do with gaming and Tim comes out of his game like oh you won't believe what just happened in this game let me tell you all about it <laughs> <laughs> and then like half an hour later he did it again and I had to go do laps around the parking lot <laughs> I was so mad so Ben wasn't the only one laughing <laughs> I mean, I love Tim like a brother, but, uh, you know, worst wingman ever. <laughs> All you got to say. Yeah, so... Fortunately, he doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can I can say that. <laughs> yeah, you think he doesn't listen. <laughs> but does Darlene listen? That's the question. Sorry, I, you, you, you sent me into a do-loop where I was horrified and thought, oh my God, what if she does? You're probably anyway. safe. You're out. But yeah, uh, it, it was a fun con this year. I, I, you know, normally we try and give dragon grades, but I don't know if we should this year because it would. I, I'd give it a five because yeah, it's I'm just going to be three five. So why bother three five? Yeah, dragons. I mean, I can't even grouse about the weather because you know that wasn't bad. Mike and Doug's fault, although it might have been Satan's fault. But you know, 
Well, the only thing that I can even think of that was less than perfect was the restaurant. But, you know, slow. Yeah. They, yeah, I mean, they're always slow, but they, they seem to be slower than usual this time. And, you know, there were things that, you know, we ordered that we never got, you know, and had to go back and say, hey, where is, you know, what? Yeah. And it's like, oh, we're so sorry, you know. And, you know, they made it right when we, when we talked to them. But it, they just seem to be a little less on the ball this time around than they have in the past. It wasn't as annoying as last year because our schedule wasn't so tight. Yeah, we weren't constantly on the run and having to get out of the restaurant, you know. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's about the only thing I can think of. And again, that's not the con's fault. You know, that's the hotel. And you will be at a whole different hotel anyway. Yeah, so. um, it's going to be at the um, Hilton Weston, I believe, which is still near the airport. And you'll be able to take a shuttle directly from the Dallas-Fort Worth International to the hotel. Um, it's closer but, to us. Yeah, it's slightly closer to us. So, you know, maybe take 10 minutes off of our drive and... Anyway, it'll it'll be interesting to to see what the the new digs are like next year. Can, can I get mushy for a second? Sure. I mean, the thing about North Texas RPG Con for me personally is there are a lot of these old school cons, and there's a crew of us that go to all or most of them, and like you know, Mike Curtis and I see each other four or five times a year, which I love. I'm not banging on that, but uh, mm-hmm. North Texas Con is where I get to see you guys. And, and you know Doug Ray and Bad Mike, and th- there's 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 a group that only that don't do Gary Con, for example, just do North Texas Con, and it's you know we're all online chattering away like monkeys all the time anyway, but it's not the same as getting to sit down and roll dice in true actual presence. And um, knock on wood, yes, no promises that we are it. going to we are going to try. We, we have, have reserved. We've reserved the hotel room for Gary Con for next year. <laughs> So, if we can just, you know... Swing everything else. If we can swing everything else, we have the room set up already for us. So, we're going to try real hard. It's it's, it's like the opposite of North Texas Con in the weather situation. Like, this year, it was great because it was only in the 70s and 80s in Texas, right? In June. Yeah. Yeah. Only low 80s. One one year in in March at Gary Con, it was like 13 degrees. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I remember before Gary Con when uh, Troll Lord was doing its Lake Geneva cons when Gary was still alive. Mm-hmm. Basically, at the same time, it was you know this we were going to Lake Geneva and there was snow on the ground usually. That we was the first year Mike Curtis and I tried to go uh, rub our D20s on Gary's plaque in the park. It was under six inches of snow, and we're like, nope, <laughs> not <laughs> not finding that. Nope. Yeah, I guess whenever we went to the Lake Geneva cons. Um, Ben would come to meet us in Milwaukee, and it's like, okay, you get to drive because you're from Rochester, New York, and you know snow, so. And I don't. (laughs) Although, to be fair, usually the roads were well plowed and, you know, totally safe to be on. I, even I probably could have driven, but, you know, I'd rather have someone who has experienced driving and weather like that to do it than me <laughs> but my one memory of wisconsin that sticks with me is on the side of the road that big wagon full of tricolored corn colored corn and nobody there just yeah. a box to drop money in 
It's like that is so awesome. I want to live someplace where <laughs> like that. where you people just trust, just trust people. you and and it's okay and no one's going to rip you off and it's like that is so sweet. I want to live here now. <laughs> so can you imagine trying to import that into an RPG? <laughs> Players would do. <laughs> Well, it would be interesting after you've been to Gary Khan to listen to you guys compare and contrast because for two old school conventions that, you know, the Venn diagram is like 90% overlap. The differences are really, really interesting. Gary Khan uh, started out a very intimate family affair like North Texas Con still is to this day, but now it's spiraled up into like a little, it's it's like going, if, if you, without a time machine, it's the closest you can go to get going to like a Gen Con in the 70s. That's exactly what Gary Khan's like now. It's just growing like a mushroom and... Well, that's what I want to experience. Gen Con from the 70s or early 80s. Because I remember as a little kid when uh, when Ben and I were in band in sixth grade, we you know, you had those little frames you're supposed to put your sheet music up on. We would put the Gen Con insert from Dragon Magazine on there and we'd just check, okay, if we were going, this is our ideal schedule of what we'd play. Aww. Never got to go. It was like, ah. And now, 61,000 people at Gen Con, I don't want to go. <laughs> no wonder you married this guy. He's adorable. Aww. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you think you'll keep him? I, I think I just might. Oh, well, that's nice now. <laughs> bah. Bah. So, all right. Well, this, I mean, so to me, this is this is my con where I get to see you guys, and like Vince and people I just don't see any other time. I mean, Vince and I talk all the time, exchange emails all the time, but I get to see him. Yeah, which is even weirder since Vince lives maybe two blocks from me, <laughs> and we but see him. We at the only con see too. him at the con. Oh, is, is the con, the only time you see him, and he's two blocks down yep, the road. Pretty much, yeah. That's funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, we have the cat and. His wife is super allergic. His wife is super allergic, so he tries not to come over because, you know, if he brings back anything on him, it's going to affect her. And, yeah. I mean, maybe it may not be as bad now that we only have the one cat. We used to have, you know, both Messi and Luna. So we've halved our cat dander. <laughs> and since Luna's passed away, Messi has lost a lot of weight because she's not eating for two cats, more or less. And so there's less fur. Yeah, she's a normal sized cat now. See, this is about hey. the point in the conversation where Tim Cast just shows up and let me tell you about this thing that happened. I, they didn't all die. Yeah. <laughs> but we were talking about cats. Although, if we're drifting into talking about cats, it probably means we need to wrap up. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so three fives. If you're not, sure. if you're if you're not uh, haven't been to the con yet, go to North Texas. You'll be Wait. glad you did. Even I can math that. So that's an average of five dragons. Woohoo! The hardest little working con in Texas. So you see, yes. Robin, I do give fives on more than one thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and hello to 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 your wife, by the way, who has listened to every episode of Save or Die but isn't a gamer. <laughs> we love having fans like you. Yeah. I don't maybe, even maybe, to, maybe one day. Bring her to the con next year. Yes, bring her to the con. It'll be awesome. Yeah. You just blew my mind. I'm like, well, if you don't game, what are you listening to? That's how I felt when he told me about that. It's like, Really? Are she, we that she likes, interesting? She likes, <laughs> she likes to find out what dragons, how many dragons we're going to give a product at the end. Yeah. It's like, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All 
So I, I'm sorry, I'm still stuck. So it's like a Price is Right kind of thing. We just want to see who wins the bid, or yeah, <laughs> maybe she can tell us about it when she I'm, shows I'm, up next yeah, year yeah. at the con. I'm sorry, my OCD engaged and I got stuck in Antulu. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're glad you listened to the show. Thank you for listening. We'll take every yeah. download. Tell your friends. <laughs> and so we head down the Bill Bixby, Bixby dusty gravel road toward. Maybe GaryCon 2017, but certainly North Texas 2017. And how are we heading down the road, Jim? I'm starting over on my experience point levels because I changed professions. I uh, threw such a good cleric spell in the middle of the con to get myself through the con. I got back and was in the office 8.30 Monday morning, cranking wow. on work. It's the first time I've not only not had con burn, I got off some cleric spell. So I'm going to give up playing magic users and play clerics for a while. Wow, that's a critical success on your saving throw for post-con saving throw. That's awesome. Something happened. How about you, Liz? Well, I'm heading down the dusty road with my brand new bumper sticker that I didn't get to mention. It was one of the things we bought at the midnight auction at the oh, con. Yeah. I break for cobalts. Oh, so that's right. I am breaking for cobalts, and I'm not getting very far down the dusty road because of it. And if you don't yeah. break for cobalt, she'll break you. That's right. Warning, cobalt crossing. <laughs> cobalt board. <laughs> <laughs> As for me, I was going to just stroll down the, the road toward the next con, but instead I've decided to jump between Jim and Darlene and tell you all what happened in the last game. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll see you guys at 124. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Free arc. Lord. <laughs> oh, you knew that was going to come. <laughs> After you spent all that time on it, I had to jump on it. <laughs> this is how we'll we'll definitely find out once and for all Tim doesn't listen to the podcast. That's yes. right. <laughs> or if he does. I think I'll put oh. him I think I'll put him on the front bumper just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast is a production of Wild Games Productions in association with D20Radio.com. The Saberdye theme music is provided by the band Mississippi Bones. You can find them at MississippiBones.BandCamp.com. And be sure and attend North Texas RPG Con 2017, where the D'Amigos of Saberdye will be promoting their new book, How to Host a Podcast, and force people to listen to all your character stories. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Save or Die. John Peterson is still up to come on, even though he's in Madrid. <laughs> just, je just jealous. That, I'm incredibly jealous. That's a legitimate excuse for not being in Texas. I was in Madrid. Yeah, but Bad Mike was talking about the when he first came down to the con, he didn't tell anyone ahead of time. He just showed up, and Bad Mike was outside, and he pulled up in a limo. And just stayed the day, and then the limo took him away. Wow. Well, you know, tw 20 years from now, when Zach Glaze and I are the new Frank and Tim, and we're taking over gaming with our own company we're partners in, you can ride in our limo. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> well, we'll come to Denton and get you and bring you. So which one of you are going to run the bakery chain? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I called Tim, so that would have to be Zach, because I, I, call, I called new Tim in advance, because I'm obviously by far the crankier, oh, crankier pants of the two of us. Uh, I don't know that I want Topus fresh-baked biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little well, make me a silent partner, and I can run the bakery chain. There you go. Oh, sure. I mean, what's the whole point of having your own company if you can't hire all your buddies? Yeah. <laughs> I'm more than 20s like a 60-day Impala. I'm 